are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, February 8th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll help me out tremendously. It only takes a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, what's up, everyone? And as always, thank you for tuning into Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And on the show today, folks, I'll be going over Cubs assistant general manager Jeff Greenberg officially receiving an interview from the Blackhawks for their vacant GM job. I'll also discuss the Blackhawks' latest roster moves from earlier this morning with defenseman Jakob Galvis, most notably returning to the NHL. And then to finish things up, I'll also go over everything from the Blackhawks' return to the ice this morning following the NHL All-Star break. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. First things first this morning, though, folks, I wanted to begin by talking about Jeff Greenberg officially getting an interview with the Blackhawks on Monday afternoon for their vacant general manager spot. And on the show yesterday, I talked about how uh, Elliot Friedman was the one who broke the news of the Hawks being interested in Greenberg. And then just a couple of hours later, the team announced via their Instagram page that they had conducted an interview with Greenberg. And that now makes five interviews that the Blackhawks have held. And as I've mentioned numerous times the past few days, they're only reported to be giving out five or maybe six interviews total. So with Greenberg becoming the fifth here, there's a chance this could be it for the Blackhawks. It could be down to Peter Chiarelli, Kyle Davidson, Jeff Greenberg, Scott Mellenby, and Eric Tolsky. And if that is the case, for what it's worth, in my opinion, I think that Davidson and Tolsky would be the two best options of this group. And Davidson, of course, is rumored to be the front runner for the next GM, currently the interim. And Charlie Rumeliotis, insider for NBC Sports Chicago, even told me, kind of feels like it's Davidson's job to lose. Because the organization apparently has been very impressed with what Davidson has done so far in a short time as the interim. And I gotta say, I've been pretty impressed with Davidson, too, with his demeanor and everything he said, the mindset, along with the the nice one-for-one swap of Alex Nylander for Sam Lafferty. Um, And even if Davidson doesn't wind up getting the job, he is still expected to be retained in some sort of other role for the Blackhawks going forward. So Davidson, one way or another, is still going to be around, but it sounds like he could be 
the front runner for the next general manager. If it's not Davidson, though, I think Eric Tolsky would probably be my next choice, and he might even be my number one because he's someone who has worked his way up to where he is now, started at the bottom with Carolina, worked his way up, getting all the way to assistant general manager, and that's a team that's, I mean, really built itself into quite a monster with all the trades they've made and the draft picks they've piled up over the last handful of years, and he's been right in the midst of that. He's been a big part of it. He's also been mentioned as one of the brightest analytical minds in hockey, and while I myself... I'm not the biggest analytical guy. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all of the game. I don't think it's strictly analytics, but I do think it really gives you a better idea of what's going on when there's not, when, you know, especially for defensemen. It gives you a better idea of what's going on when there's not goals being scored, right? Because especially for defensive defensemen, it's really hard to judge what's really happening when they're on the ice. So analytics do help you paint the picture, but I don't think it's the full picture. That's just my opinion, though. But more importantly for Tolsky, analytics or not, I just think it's a much, it's clearly a much different mindset and style from what the Blackhawks have had. And I think that's really what they need going forward. They need to shake things up and go in a completely different direction because clearly the way they have been going about it That's not getting the job done. Quick reminder, we haven't won a playoff series since hoisting the Stanley Cup in 2015. And one true playoff, I mean, not even a true playoff win. We don't have a true playoff win since 2016, Game 6 against the St. Louis Blues, which I happen to be in attendance for. Lucky enough for me. It's clearly not working. And clearly... It's time for some serious changes to be made. And I think bringing in a guy like Eric Tolsky is the kind of shakeup that this team needs. And also for the analytical side and how smart he is in that sense, no doubt about it, the Blackhawks have been on the wrong side of the analytics for quite some time now. So um, if Tolsky, if he can help build this team back to driving play more consistently and being on the right side of those analytics more often than not, because we're not seeing a whole lot of that, and we haven't seen a whole lot of that for forever, it seems. Um, That would be, I think, a huge step in changing the tides in terms of what the Hawks are doing on the ice. So that's kind of why I think Tolsky is probably my favorite candidate if it's not going to be Kyle Davidson. But getting back to Greenberg for a second here, um, I don't mind looking this way and checking every option possible, and, you know, thinking outside the box. But I don't think this, I I don't think it's the time for this kind of outside-the-box type hire. And I know Greenberg is, I'm a a big Cubs fan, a very well-respected executive in Major League Baseball, and knows the business side of things very well. Obviously, the Cubs aren't in a great spot here either, but... For the position the Blackhawks are in, I really think most importantly it comes down to they need someone who knows how to handle the on the ice product. And with Greenberg not having any experience, I just don't see how the Hawks can be the most confident in Greenberg 
among all the candidates that they got in this group. I just don't see how Greenberg can be number one. And I think a lot of you Blackhawks fans would also be concerned with having a guy who has no professional hockey experience leading the charge as the Blackhawks' new general manager. That just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me, personally. Now, I'm not in those interview rooms with Greenberg. I don't know what he's saying. But it's just hard for me to picture him being the one leading the Blackhawks to success going forward because he doesn't really have a sense of the game in terms of on the ice. He knows the business side. He knows how to negotiate. He knows how to do contracts and all that stuff. But in terms of building a team, it's hard to feel confident in a guy like Greenberg when he doesn't have that hockey background. Sure, his father wanted to buy two teams, and he grew up a big hockey fan. He also played club hockey while he was in college, I heard earlier. But I don't think that cuts it to be an NHL general manager, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way listening to this right now. Um, so that just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me personally. And Peter Shirelli is in that same boat for me. I mean, there has been nothing that this guy has done in the last five years that would make you feel confident in him being the next GM either. So this winds up being Shirelli. I mean, I, most importantly, I think that would lead to much more of a massive disconnect from the fan base than there already is. I really do, because it's clear. I'm not the only one that feels this this way. Most people feel this way about Peter Shirelli because of all the terrible moves and decisions he made in his time with the Edmonton Oilers. Sure, he won a Stanley Cup with the Bruins, but that was in 2011. It's 2022, 11 years later. Come on. That ship has sailed. I, I really think that would be... Um, a massive nightmare in a whole lot of ways because also to have that amount of distance to what the fan base wants, and I know at the end of the day, the Blackhawks are still going to make their decision regardless of what the fan base wants. But if Peter Chiarelli becomes the next GM of the Blackhawks, I think that's going to lead to a larger disconnect and it's just going to be uh, an absolute disaster for many different reasons. I just don't know why they would be confident in him. And then for Mellonby, um, I think he's got a better chance than both Shirelli and um, Greenberg, just in my opinion, because I think he's a valuable hockey mind. He's got tons of NHL experience, both on the ice and in the front office. He was an assistant general manager for the last six years. He also played in over 1,400 NHL games. Um, I think he would be a, a decent choice, as I said. Um, I just think both Davidson and Tulski are more enticing at this point, in my honest opinion. As I said, Davidson is a young gun who has said and done all the right things so far in his short time with the interim tag, and then Tulski is quite experienced. He's got an incredible hockey mind and has really helped turn the tides in a major way for the Hurricanes franchise. So if it were in my hands, I would be down to those two out of the five candidates that we know right now. But, of course, there still could be another interview given out by the Blackhawks. We'll have to see if they do go with that sixth interview. And as we've seen throughout the course of the season, I mean, it's been the, the biggest roller coaster ride I could have imagined for my first NHL's first full NHL season to coverage here on the show. I mean, filled with 
ups and downs all year long. That's been the name of the season. So there's absolutely no idea to know what's coming next from this team or what decisions the organization could make. So we'll see if this winds up being it for the Blackhawks GM interviews as Jeff Greenberg officially became the fifth candidate to interview for the job on Monday afternoon. All right, there's all the latest on the Blackhawks GM search. Coming up in just a moment, I'll get into the latest roster moves from earlier this morning with Jakob Galvis most notably getting recalled from the Rockford Icehogs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you know about has a beard, then you or they need to get Primal. And maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with a product, but Primal Origin Oils will help stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and fully groomed. Primal Origin Oils also makes balms, oils, and whipped butters that are known as the best feel and beard products available. And that is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil, all of which are fair trade certified and handcrafted right here in the U.S. of A. And we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients to the other companies that you've used in the past. We promise you will see and feel the difference. And remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. You just got to use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps at checkout for 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment two today, I also wanted to be sure to get into all the Blackhawks roster moves from earlier this morning with the team returning from the NHL All-Star break. First, defenseman Jakob Galvis, forward Josiah Slavin, and goaltender Arvid Soderblom were all recalled from the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL, while goaltender Colin Delia was returned to Rockford after serving as the backup for a couple of days there before the break. And then one other move that also kind of um, went unmentioned by anyone really over the break was that defenseman Wyatt Kalanuck was reassigned to the Ice Hogs as well after getting in just one game of action there in the final game against Minnesota last Wednesday. And I, kind of a shame because I was personally really excited for Kalanuck to maybe finally get a little bit of a chance to showcase his stuff because he's only played in now five NHL games all year long, which if you told me that back in uh, September, I would have been, certainly would have been a little bit surprised. Uh, So kind of a shame there that Kalanuck was reassigned to Rockford after only just one game, but if he's getting sent down, one guy I am excited to see coming back up is Jakob Galvis. And I know I'm not the only Blackhawks fan who's pumped about that decision because in his first three three NHL games not all that long ago, Galvis performed magnificently in all facets of the game. And really, I mean, his first NHL game, he was like, I believe he was leading the Blackhawks in time on ice after the first period. His analytics were incredible. He was breaking up plays in the neutral zone, helping transition the flow into offense going the other way. I was really impressed from Galvis, and I know I definitely wasn't 
the only one. Uh, and he really didn't do anything to deserve to go back to Rockford. Just unfortunately, the situation around the team at that time was both Jake McCabe and Seth Jones were finally able to clear COVID protocol, and there just didn't wind up being any room for Galvis at that time. Um, but now he's back up with the Blackhawks, and interestingly enough, today at practice, Galvis actually hopped right in on the third defensive pairing over Eric Gustafson. Gus found himself as the odd man out on defense this morning, which is certainly notable after he's been performing pretty well offensively for the Blackhawks as of late. I don't even need to touch on his defense. Um, But I just thought it was interesting. The timing of this, I thought, was the most interesting thing because I didn't think Galvis was going to be back up at the NHL until the Blackhawks either traded Calvin DeHaan or maybe one of their other defensemen, but most likely DeHaan, given his contract situation and everything. Um, But I guess... Galvis was impressive enough to get another crack here, despite kind of a mini log jam on the back end for the Hawks at the moment. So I'm really interested to see if Galvis, if he's going to make the most of this opportunity here and then, you know, become a long-term member of the roster for the rest of the season, or if he's just going to be a temporary piece with Riley Stillman remaining out with a right shoulder injury. And then for Josiah Slavin, one thing also to note, for Blackhawks at practice today, and one thing I think that also helped influence Slavin being recalled was that um, not only was Jonathan Taves not in attendance, so it sounds like the captain still hasn't cleared concussion protocol at this point, um, along with Riley Stillman still being out, that makes two members of the Blackhawks that weren't practicing this morning, and the third was Jujar Kara who was not on the ice due to the lower back issue that he's been dealing with. And the interesting part about this is that before the All-Star break, we saw Kara back on the ice for a couple of days there. So I wonder if there was, you know, maybe a setback or something in his rehab process or if this was simply a maintenance day or something. Um, But either way, Josiah Slavin was recalled from the Ice Hogs, I think is a little bit of a security blanket with a couple forwards remaining out at practice this morning. And then for Arvid Soderblom, I'm really curious to see how the Hawks are going to handle his situation going forward because right now Kevin Lankinen is still not at 100%. So Soderblom is going to serve as the backup for the time being, but for a couple of different reasons, it's almost like it's almost like the Blackhawks are playing a little bit of a waiting game here with all three of these guys because well, for Soderblom first, I think whenever Flurry gets traded, assuming that's going to happen, assuming Flurry does want to go to a Stanley Cup contender and is willing to move his family again, those are things we do not know for sure, but I'm assuming that's going to happen because we know the Blackhawks are probably trying to force that hand, saying, hey, we love you, Flower. Thanks for coming, buddy. We'll give you all the respect in the world, but we really need a first-round pick, bud, and you're our best chance at doing so. Assuming that winds up being the case, Soderblom's going to be a full-time NHLer after that. The Blackhawks want him there. We've heard Derek King say so himself to the media not that long ago. But it's interesting because if Fleury is still around, once Lankinen gets healthy, 
Then you got to think Soderblom will be returned to Rockford until the flower gets moved. Again, assuming that is the case, because you want to be giving Soderblom consistent game reps at such a young age. You don't want him just sitting as the backup, not playing and only practicing every, you know, third or fourth day, what it may be. So a lot of variables here in this situation. We'll see how long Flurry winds up sticking around and also for how much longer uh, Kevin Lankinen is going to be out. But at some point here in the second half, it's all pointing, all signs are pointing towards Arvid Soderblom being a full-time NHLer for the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks roster moves from earlier this morning. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into the forward lines at practice along with Tyler Johnson being on the ice and taking part in full capacity. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. There may be less football being played now, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for this playoff season with Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon. From game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all NFL betting here in 2022. And from basketball, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into the third and final segment on the show here this afternoon, I also had to be sure to go over the Hawks' forward lines that we could see in tomorrow's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Assuming that neither Jonathan Taze, Jujar Kara, or Riley Stillman will be able to suit up for that one. And actually, not too long ago, Derek King spoke with the media and said that neither Taze nor Lankinen will travel with the team for this upcoming three-game road trip. So, captain's going to be out for at least a little bit longer, and Kevin Lankinen still seems to be at least a week or two away from being 100%. But starting with the forward group for the Hawks this morning, on the top line, Dylan Strome and Patrick Kane did remain together, which I think is 100% the right move at this point because Strome has been the only consistent... consistent center that's played with Kane this season. Uh, But joining them at left wing this morning was Dominic Kubelik. And if the all-star Alex DeBrinkett isn't in that slot, if you're splitting up Kane and the cat, I think Kubelik is honestly the right guy to be there. I know Hagel's been solid there as well, but Kubelik, it's been been a tough year for him up to this point, only 10 goals through 46 games, but I think you still got to give him a sizable role, give him opportunities with his ability to shoot the puck. Not only is he the best pure rifle on the Blackhawks team, I'm not going to call him the best pure sniper because that's Alex Dabrinkit, but no one can shoot the puck like Dominic Kubelik. No one can shoot the puck as hard as Dominic Kubelik, and I think by moving him down in the lineup, 
you're not giving him enough chances. Like, there are some nights where he's playing 12 or 13 minutes, and it's like, how many chances is he really going to get off there? And one thing I found interesting, in 46 games so far this season, Kubelik only has 103 shots on goal. And in 56 games last season, he had 156. So he's got over 50 less shots on goal. I know it's 10 games less, but he's not going to rack up that amount of shots in five games. That ain't happening. Or in 10 games, I should say. That's still not happening. So I think he's just kind of a guy you got to continue to play and just hope that he starts getting some better puck luck and hope that as he continues shooting the puck, that shooting percentage will start going back up as well to where it usually is. So that's why I kind of like uh, having Kubelik on that top line and continuing to give him those major, uh, that major of a role. And then on the second line, real quick drink of water, folks. Excuse me. Actually, not water. It's peach, crystal light. Absolutely fantastic. Plug me, crystal light. I'm um, getting back to the Blackhawks forward group. On the second line this morning was Alex DeBrinkett, Kirby Doc, and Brandon Hagel. And with Kubalik on the top line, I agree. You got to pair up to Brinkett and Hagel on the second. And as long as Jonathan Taves is out, which as we know now is at least going to be the next three games, Kirby Doc's got to be the one to fill that second line role. And I know it hasn't been a great year so far for Doc either, but kind of just like Kubi, especially because he's younger, I think you just got to keep giving him more and more reps, more and more opportunities, and hope that in this instance, playing with guys like DeBrinket and Hagel, Hope that it's going to kind of help boost his offensive side a little bit. Help that progression pick back up to where we saw it a year or so ago. Because defensively, something people don't give Kirby a lot of credit for is at such a young age, he's already a hound out there when he doesn't have the puck, right? Defensively, he's really solid. The faceoffs are another story, but the back check, the tenacity, the, the willingness to battle along the boards, that all has been really solid for being, you know, only 21 years old and being, you know, he's only been 21 for, what, a month now? So um, that aspect of his game doesn't really need a whole lot more development, and hopefully playing with guys like DeBrinkin and Hagel can help boost his offensive side a little bit more. The third line this morning consisted of Philip Kurashev, Josiah Slavin, and Sam Lafferty. Quite the third line there. Um, but I was interested to see that Slavin was the one to get the look at center because we have heard King say in the past he prefers Lafferty down the middle, but not sure, you know. Maybe he's more comfortable on the wing than Slavin is. I, I don't really know, but I found that decision to be a little bit curious. Maybe they do trust Slavin's faceoff abilities a little bit more. Not really sure what led to that decision by King. Um, but for Kurashev, I, I gotta say, I think this is a really important second half for him because like the Blackhawks, his consistency has been a major issue all year long. We've seen flashes from time to time and he's looked good, especially with, with his speed. He can make plays in the open ice, but it just hasn't been there on a nightly basis. And it does make me a little bit concerned about his NHL future. I know he's still very young as well, but I think we all expected a little bit more out of Kurashev in his second NHL season. So he needs to pick it up here in the second half, I think, for him to solidify himself as a piece of the future 
here in Chicago. And then the fourth line was back to being Henrik Borgstrom, Ryan Carpenter, and Mackenzie Entwistle, a.k.a. fourth line worldwide, because they had a ton of success together a few a few games ago before uh, being forced to split up due to a couple of other injuries in the lineup. So hopefully they'll be able to pick up right where they left off not too long ago because the Blackhawks could certainly use energy like that. And for the most part, the fourth line, when they were together, they were playing a lot in the offensive zone. So the Blackhawks could definitely need that with even a bunch of guys in the top six struggling to find the back of the net this season. And then um, one other thing I had to mention regarding the forward group here, I'm checking my phone, sorry, about uh, King's interview with the media after practice today. But one thing I also had to mention regarding the forward group is that Tyler Johnson, who, of course, we have seen skating with the team for the past couple of weeks after he became just the second NHL player after Jack Eichel to undergo ADR disc replacement surgery. Well, Johnson was actually taking part in all the drills this morning at full contact. No restrictions for Tyler Johnson. And it was kind of like an oh my God moment because it was like, is, is Tyler Johnson ready? Is, is he going to be back in the next week or two? What's going on here? Are we finally going to see Tyler Johnson again? It was crazy uh, because, you know, we've been waiting for full contact. and. That's a major step for him in the recovery process. To be able to take contact once again after undergoing neck surgery, replacing a disc, that's a big step for him to be able to take pro- um, take contact once again, even if it is in a practice scenario. But following the practice session, when King spoke to the media, I was just reading, he did say that Johnson is still looking towards being a late February to early March return, as is Reese Johnson, funny enough, uh, who's recovering from a broken clavicle. Um, But clearly this is a a big step in Tyler making that return. And I I know there isn't going to be any rush at all, considering both the Hawks' place in the standings and with only a few NHL players having undergone this surgery before. I believe it's still only two. I could be wrong on that, but... um, I mean, with Johnson returning to full contact today, that's a, that's a great sign. And I feel like, you know, I know it's the 8th of February. We're already a week in here, but early March, for him still to be a, a month away after taking contact, again, I get there's no rush, but... I don't know. I, I just feel like... A full month, that's that's still a long ways away, and the Blackhawks are going to have a bunch of off days there to get practice reps in. It's still a pretty light month of February going forward, so I don't know. My personal opinion, taking a look at the schedule right now, I could honestly see Johnson possibly being ready by first date off the top of my head, the 25th of February because the Hawks go four straight days without a game, and then they only have two games for the rest of the month, one being the 25th against the New Jersey Devils, both of which these are at home, the 25th against New Jersey and the 27th against St. Louis. I think that's where we could see Tyler Johnson back in the lineup. If not, there's another three-day break after that game versus the Blues, and then the Hawks return 
on the 3rd of March against the Edmonton Oilers. So if I had to guess, folks, <laughs> and this is just that, just a guess, but I would imagine one of those three games could be the time for Tyler Johnson to make his return with the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, February 8th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. In today's episode, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2. Or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.